This is The Long Run Show with Austin P. Wilson and Michael J. O'Connor. The Long Run Show is brought to you by Benzinger Podcasts for listeners like you. Thank you. So welcome back to another episode of The Long Run Show. This is Austin Wilson along with my co-host. Michael O'Connor. Good to be here, Austin. Yeah, it's fantastic. We actually have our, our first guest today. We're going to be talking about uh, NFTs over the long run. And our, our guest is actually right deep, knee deep in the space right now, creating NFTs. He's, he's got quite the, the resume to back it up, too. He's not just uh, some guy in Microsoft Paint making pictures. He's got quite the quite the artistic uh, portfolio as well to boot. So uh, I'd like to introduce Matt Gazer. He is... Uh, Part of the the project from Fabricated Madness, doing some Doctor Z. I think I, I think I said that right. Doctor Zamzi. Doctor Zamzi. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So Doctor Zamzi project. So Matt, welcome to uh, welcome to the Long Run Show. Hey guys, great to be here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Great to have sure. our first guest yeah. on. This is wild, man. Hey, you know, there's always a first. I'm I'm happy to be uh, be here and talk everything about NFTs, the future of NFTs, and uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. Totally amazing time for this kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of kind of wild. It, it's bubbled to the surface over what really the last like two years here. So you're in a very fledgling fledgling space right now. What's it What's it like, kind of finding your way? Uh very adventurous. I quit my job doing what I did for 20 years to jump full steam into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my partner convinced me about this time last year, Rolf Kovalvik, he uh, helped found uh, Fabricated Madness with me. And last April, we uh, we launched our first uh, 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 real NFT project that incorporated trading cards as NFTs. And uh, we sold out in April, our first set within an hour made 200,000 and uh, we were like, Oh, okay, this is real. Let's (laughs) wow. You know, but, um, but it was a a fascinating year last year. Um, We learned a lot about the space. We learned a lot about what collectors are looking for. um, And it's changed drastically since that, that launch in April. And uh, it's just insanely challenging. And uh, the growth is exponential, but it doesn't come without its challenges. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, first time business owner out of this, um, you know, I've got a staff now. Uh, it's we're partnered with a bunch of people and uh, venture capital is involved. It's just uh, a crazy time. And uh, we've, we've got multiple projects in the works right now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it it's uh, like you said, 2021, right? We're in 2022 now. So yeah, 2021, I know yeah. that that yeah. flew by quick, but it was a wild year for, for NFTs. And you said your first sale was uh, was 200,000 for how many NFTs were included in that drop? Uh, five different unique trading cards, but there was uh, sketch cards, animation cards. You know, we had, you know, variants like uh, epic, common, uncommon, legendary, okay. mythic, you know, all those kind of things. And uh, the collectors really grabbed on that on the wax blockchain, by the way, we we're on the wax blockchain. Okay. Uh, I think uh, it's tag uh, is like wax P if you're looking for investing into that crypto. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a specific uh, blockchain that's really geared towards gaming uh nfts 
and no gas fees. And uh, its carbon footprint's pretty low. In fact, almost non-existent. Um, but, you know, it, it, above, beyond all that, it's just like a fascinating place to sell NFTs and create games that are relating to the play-to-earn model. Yeah. So, yeah. so it sounds like it, there was a, a bit of a concept behind it as far as like playing cards, sort of like Pokemon. Mike, I think you might have had experience with Pokemon growing up. I never I mean, got yeah, into it. I was about it. to jump in on this because uh, I, I have always been a, uh, I've been a trading card guy my, my whole life. I love the Yu-Gi-Oh as a young kid and then Pokemon cards and then did a little uh, Hearthstone in my teenage years. And this. I'm an artist from that. Is, Sorry, I, I, I've actually painted uh, illustrations for Hearthstone and Magic. Oh Gathering. my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it's been a it's been a really weird twist to be on the production side instead of just being a hired artist for those kind of things, uh, and hiring other artists to do art as well. Um, I just never thought that would ever happen. I thought I'd just be painting stuff for people in their movies and things like that forever. Um, but yeah, it's been a really cool experience actually hiring other artists and getting them work. Uh, colleagues of mine that I've known for 20 years uh, and some new guys as well um, and, and employing them. <laughs> it's just, a, just such a weird concept. But yeah, that's what's going on. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. And, and yeah. it seems like really from the story that you've already had from the founding of, of Fabricated Madness and the trading card collection and everything. There's just I love that you immediately jumped in. You're like, you know, low carbon footprint no gas fees, everything. It, it The run, the long run show, it really feels like you guys are already, you've already taken the long run approach to, you want this to be a trading card game that is around for years. It's not just a pump right. and dump NFT thing. Um, right. It's not just a short term thing. How did, how did all that come about? Like, what was the process for you of, you know, creating that, I guess, a plan and, and you know, what does it kind of look like? It came out of survival. The moment we launched our uh, packs in April and sold out, the first thing all the collectors said was like, where are you going to be able to, when, are, when am I going to be able to stake your NFT? Uh, where's your game? Where's your white paper? Where's your game design doc? And we're like, we don't, we don't have any of that. I thought we could just sell stuff and you collect it. And, uh, and so we had to radically change our business model and totally reinvest almost everything we made. Uh, back into production for two different games. So we're making a 3D adventure game. Um, we're going to be releasing videos of that um, uh, production here pretty soon on our website at drsamzy.com. And then uh, we partnered with some good long-term friends, uh, long-time friends of mine that have a gaming studio called Robot Sea Monster Games. And uh, we asked them to take our trading card line and convert that into a Clash Royale style uh, uh, video game. And so you're going to be able to collect our NFTs. I won't get into the whole details unless you want me to about the game, but it's just you essentially play your cards in on this cool table and they convert to actual 3D characters and they battle each other. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the, the idea for the game came from Rolf and I, uh, but the actual implementation of the whole production of the game is, is through our partnership with Robot Sea Monster Games. Um, but we have an entire team of 3D modelers, character artists, animators that are helping us as well. So it's, it's a really cool uh, collaboration. But the 3D adventure game, I mean, we hired uh, a, a tech guy right out of school, out of Scotland. Uh, you know, our 3D team is working on the Dr. Zamsey laboratory and you get to shrink down to the micro realm. Uh, doc, Dr. Zamsey, basically a fantasy doctor in a whimsical universe called Galligan. 
and he's fighting a virus coming from another dimension. So he goes down into um, the microscopic level and fights these weird internet uh, soldiers that are attacking his world and spreading this virus. So it's really timely, the the concept, because yeah. it has to do with COVID in a way, but it's told in a fantasy Star Wars, Indiana Jones kind of setting, um, Harry Potter kind of thing. Um, on top of all of that, we partnered also real quick with uh, a friend of our ours called, uh, his name is Matt Lyon. He's a creative director uh, in the Hollywood world. And uh, we're, we're, we, we've actually structured a 10 episode uh, treatment and a pilot episode uh, script for, for this to actually be an animated series. So, wow. Yeah. So yeah, very long run approach. You've got a lot of, uh, a lot of moving parts and it, I appreciate, especially in the NFT space, I appreciate something that's a project unto its own and has, has things that, that can branch off of it rather than just, you know, a collectible item. Uh, yeah, that seems exactly. to be where it seems to be where everything's moving. There was obviously the the big craze at the, at the beginning of 2021. Everybody was like, "Oh, look at these collectibles just selling just for millions our... of dollars." Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure there's a there's a space for that. But but I took some. I didn't buy an NFT until last fall, and it took some very heavy convincing by uh, my co-host Michael <laughs> to, to actually buy an NFT. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it comes down to utility. That's a big word in the NFT yeah. space now, and no, a lot of people don't just want to collect art; they want it to work for them and ha and have some kind of value. So, like, um, real quick, you can actually stake our NFTs on this site called WhenStaking.com. It's ran by a company called Onesis, and uh, they have this void token, which is a separate sort of crypto within Wax. Um, and by staking our NFTs onto that system, you can actually earn void. And uh, you can go to our FAQ on our website to learn more about that. But um, but it's so bizarre how you can actually purchase an NFT <laughs> and then make money by just putting it somewhere. Um, but the, the benefit of that is, uh, utility, like I said, and that's why we're making two games and want to wrap NFTs around our animated series. Our concept is that once each episode airs, uh, you'd be able to collect limited NFTs from the show after the, after each episode. And then those would also be playable within our two games. So it's like this like circular ecosystem that's involving our project in, in on different platforms. And something that, that just jumped out when you were talking about, you know, staking these NFTs specifically with trading cards is a, kind of a mind boggling proposition. Because if you're talking like Pokemon cards or anything like those have gone up so much in value. And if you're in house able to provide the means of like renting those cards out to other players or selling them in your own ecosystem, that's that's huge. That's insane. Like that's. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ownership is a big deal. I mean, if you think about it like Fortnite. You put in hundreds of dollars as a player and you don't actually own those skins or guns that you're buying in this ecosystem, in this space for, you know, at least for wax regarding NFTs and gaming, you own that. And you can either sell that on the secondary market if you've grinded and beefed up that that item um, or you can keep it for yourself or whatever. But you you actually there's true ownership in that. And uh, a lot of games, you know, they're really they can be really popular. You can shell out hundreds of dollars beating up your character's, uh, you know, assets. And then maybe the game goes away <laughs> or uh, or or you just don't have any interest in that game anymore. The, the, the idea about the metaverse is really interesting too. the long run um, is that I'm sure there's going to be um, 
uh, partnerships with other projects where, uh, you know, a gun or a car from one project can be sh shift shifted over to a different game because you own it. And then you're, you're still playing with the same assets in a totally different game. I don't know how cool that would be, but that's kind of the idea is true ownership. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, like you said, the circular nature of your ecosystem seems to be a, that, that right there is interesting because you can, not only do the players and the participants and the NFT owners, not only are they able to drive some of the value because they're playing it and it's becoming more popular, they're spreading it, but you also can drive value through creating more content based on that same, you know, IP to use an old, an old uh, kind of term there. Right. So that's, yeah. that's really interesting. What was the, what was the impetus to that? You said at the beginning, some of this was survival to create the game and, and ask all that aspect, but Right. creating this kind of circular uh almost value stream what was the what was the impetus there well i mean for the animated series that's actually was my original vision 20 years ago for this this project so dr zamzi came out of me graduating from college at art school and just i had this cool idea of this world and this universe and this character it didn't really go anywhere uh i just had lots of ideas about it until this nft thing hit and rolf was like man we got to make an animated series uh, and then our, our fans were saying, make the game, make the game first. <laughs> and so, um, over the course of the year, we made a lot of great connections and, and really used them. And Matt Lyon, when he came on board was just like, look, I got the animated series thing, you know, give me all your notes, give me all your, your bios to the characters, give me all the art. And we literally just finished the pitch for that, uh, last, last weekend. So, uh, it's looking absolutely freaking beautiful and uh I, you know we're really hopeful with all our contacts that we can get into a streaming service and get this into production um as far as the games uh we we as a fabricated madness we started the 3d adventure game first but then um it seemed easier to actually accomplish the the card game first so uh that's kind of why we ended up doing two games at the same time is because we shifted gears but we're still working on both but the card game is our highest priority right now because that actually incorporates uh, our, our product that we sell weekly. We do weekly drops, uh, cards, utility cards that are based on the game as well uh, for a limited time each week. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a great position to offer a game that's relating to a, a direct product to our customers. So, yeah. but what yeah, a, yeah. What a story too, because I love, uh, in the long run, you know, we're talking all long run stuff. You it's a perfect example because you left your job. You said you're this first time uh, starting a business. You obviously believe in this sector in the long run. Uh, I do. What, what are your thoughts on NFTs in the long run? Like the whole, the whole thing, what's, what's kind of your, where's your mindset right now? I think the creative side of NFTs is just a small portion of what, it, of what the, the kind of utilities that NFTs will bring. I mean, I think when you buy a, you know, a house, your mortgage is going to be an NFT. Your medical records are going to be an NFT. Um, things you wouldn't even expect are going to be NFT as receipts um, because it's totally encrypted. Uh, you know, it's on the blockchain. It's there for everyone to to see and track. And uh, I, I just think it's a great decentralized system for uh, information. Um, so I'm, but I mean, big talk in terms of the metaverse. I think NFTs are going to be an integral part in the sale of of goods, the transfer of of you know uh, funds. Uh, all kinds of things like that. Uh, crypto is obviously going to be a massive player in the metaverse uh, as well. Um, I, I I just can't wait. I I want to create 
a metaverse of, of Dr. Zamzi and the world that we're creating here. I mean, there's giants, crazy vehicles, airships, uh, slug pirates, you name it. And uh, just to be around that, you know, crazy metropolis uh, uh, cities that are multi-layered for different scaled creatures and uh, from three inch little dudes to, you know, 40 foot giants and all living and working in the same space. I mean, to, to actually play a game where you're, you're in that environment and maybe even making money in that environment, it'd just be, you know, wild. It's basically ready player one. So yeah, we have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't mean to uh, blow your brain there, but yeah, <laughs> we, we cool. love get we love getting our brain blown. I mean, that, that is, <laughs> That is wild. I mean, I've never, I've never been that into video games, um, but the the kind of idea of the metaverse is quite enticing. Um, and and also, really, what what to me is most enticing is like what you were talking about these different worlds that you can go into. I don't think that'll be the initial application. I'm sure it'll be some boring business thing where we have meetings virtually. That'll be the initial one because the businesses will be like, ah, we got free cash to spend. We'll spend it on some virtual headsets and everything. Exactly. But Avatar. but we'll get there. Yeah, exactly. Weird, yeah. weird avatars with no legs. Yeah. But a, a good example of where this could be applied is actually, um, I don't mean to plug this, but there's like a Daydream Festival, uh, huge EDM concerts that I, I designed their posters and stages for. Uh, I'm, I'm actually in talks with them about a metaverse concept where if you can't afford to fly over to Europe and see these massive, you know, uh, EDM concerts, well, maybe you can jump into the metaverse and see it live that way, either virtually, um, or entirely built out in a whole new way where, uh, avatars of DJs that are, that, that are playing at the event are in a totally original world spinning live. And you're one of the avatars in, in this virtual space. So I mean the 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 ability to engage with the world real time through a virtual experience uh, could be really beneficial. Yeah, yeah, I've heard some really interesting. That's another very interesting application for this this kind of VR slash like metaverse meets universe collide. Real time, real yeah. time. Yeah, Th those yeah. sort of those sort of solutions are really interesting because there are a lot of people where yeah they might not be able to fly over there, but they could afford a headset and and the ticket price to just get in get in um, exactly yeah. yeah so that could be very interesting. and, and that, that that event's really interesting because they have actual campgrounds it's like a two-day event and you actually stay there for a weekend so maybe you, you know yeah I, I can only imagine the eye strain but maybe you're there for like you know essentially <laughs> two days porting in on and off um yeah pretty wild pretty wild stuff that's amazing so I, yeah yeah but i i i, 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 do, I do think ready player one was a perfect example of where this is all heading i know it's very sci-fi and all that but i mean the, the the power of gaming the power of of the technology is just getting so good that i think in the next five to ten years it really is going to be here easily yeah and that's something that we've seen i mean the last decade you've seen esports go from oh it's this incredibly niche thing to more people watch uh you know specific game final world championships things in the super bowl so it's like it's more popular than the biggest sports, normal sports events. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Le 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 League of Legends, actually. I, I worked for them like almost 10 years ago, back when it was just a very small game. And then I moved on to a bunch of other different things. But 
um, Morgan Spurlock on his show uh, had an episode about gaming and he referenced League of Legends and they like they they full on like uh, have an entire audience in a football stadium all watching these gamers. And, it, you know, it's just huge millions of people uh, porting in to watch these these matches. So, yeah, esports is massive. It's pretty wild. And I think one thing that that boggles my mind, too, sometimes is like you were talking about using NFTs for receipts, for tickets to these type of events. I think 99, probably 99% of people in the world, if they know what an NFT is, they think it's just a, a piece of art or some image, some JPEG that you can right click on, you know, whereas yeah. it's, it's totally, it's just a method of ownership on the blockchain. And that's so powerful. And I think a lot of people just haven't necessarily seen the, the power of NFTs yet. What do you think do you think the timeline on that is it, you know, everything's going to start coming together soon? It's like, okay, shoot, people are going to start seeing what's going on. Or do you think it's more of a, an evolution? Um, I honestly, it's a really tough sort of hurdle to get over. I think the technology has a long way to go to make it easy. Um, like, you know, you got to get your crypto and you got to get, you know, your wax cloud wallet and you got, you know, there's all these different things that got to click into place move your funds from your bank account and turn them into crypto. And, you know, if you're not computer savvy, I can see that hurdle, but you know, when it gets as smooth as, you know, Apple pay and going to whole foods and, you know, bleem, just paying for a you know bag of lettuce. Uh, but instead it's an NFT somehow. I think, I think that's when everyone's going to jump on board. Uh, right now it's a very niche market. Uh, the people that are involved understand, you know, do the, do the, the due diligence and read the FAQs on these sites and learn about, you know, what they want to um, collect. But um, a perfect example of the use for an NFT that's different other than just collecting is physical goods. So I, I did a lot of comic cons for about 10 years and I have a ton of merchandise that's just stored in my garage because of COVID. I can't get to as many uh, comic cons to sell my goods anymore. So a lot of our fans are interested in, like us turning a, a digital NFT into almost like a redeemable receipt where they can then summon the physical good whenever they want. So that if they don't want it right now, they can hold on to it. But then I'll get an email that will say, hey, this fan that bought this NFT wants your toy or whatever. And so, or a book, and then I can ship it to them. So, I mean, it's kind of like a, a totally new way to look at uh, an industry that I've been involved in that's not accessible anymore, but through NFTs, I can somehow sell, you know, goods through NFTs. It's just kind of a, it's a wild experience, but that's kind of what's on the table right now as well with music too. Uh, we partnered with Yoshi drops, Michael blues company. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of them. They're all music based like MP4s and uh, we're doing a whole other separate project away from uh, Dr. Samzi that involves my world building art with uh, you know, generative uh, uh, art that you would kind of see through um, like Board Ape Yacht Club, uh, but, it's, but it's also done through original EDM music that Michael Blue wrote for, the, for each piece. So uh, that's, that's, that's pretty wild too, is NFTs as music. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen those. I I actually really like those uh, art pieces where it is some sort of sound and picture in a loop, some sort of animation. That's totally. super engaging to me. I I'm a musician, have been for a while. So the the concept of like the musician not having to necessarily go to a record label to sell their IP and just being able to release it direct and then own it. 
that's a right. wild concept for music because I mean, traditionally there's so many gatekeepers in the music industry and yeah, streaming sort of leveled the playing field, but then it also just completely wiped out the ability to sell records for any amount of money um, right. as, as like a, a, an artist, a single artist. Right. So now you have this ability, like I can go create a song right now. You can go create a song. We can all go create songs right now. We have the technology to do that digitally very easily. Yeah. But we don't have the technology to own that creative and and sell it. So that's a really that's a very interesting application. I wonder what the the um, world will look like when when the big bigger companies realize they don't they can't necessarily just buy an artist anymore. The artist can sell themselves direct. Well, I think the larger, bigger picture too is that you have a lot of of creatives that are very talented about you know with storytelling and and all that. And if you know if the sale of their NFT gives them more cash in the pocket, more capital, I, I think you know if they 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 play their cards right, like I'm doing, uh, it opens up more doors to actually provide the world with more entertainment, more content. Um, I read an article like you know streaming services are basically ta uh, tasked with like creating the same amount of content per year that would be the equivalent of every movie and tv show created from the 80s and 90s all at once all in one year annually so um you know a lot of these studios and and also gaming companies too are, are just constantly struggling to 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 you know fulfill that demand but i think if nfts can create a whole brand new sector of creatives that are were just work for hire that are now creating content and managing it themselves i think you're going to see an explosion of new tv shows new games uh the likes of which we've never seen because that capital is being reinvested in people that really understand that space so so that's actually that brings up a really interesting question for me is you've been on both sides now you you're now owning a business running a project you're building it out you're now hiring people that you might have worked with on on past projects and I also looked through your 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 LinkedIn you have a very impressive resume in fact I got to say you you worked Thanks, on my buddy. favorite Star Wars movie of all time I love <laughs> Clone Wars it's the best one don't Thank let you. Else it was a good, was a good series. It's a lot of fun. Dave Filoni, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, good times. So you've got all these uh, huge names on your on your resume that you've worked for, projects you've worked for. So what do you? You kind of hinted at that. It's going to create opportunities for for more creatives to run their own projects and create more content that's that's meaningful. Um, what would your What would your kind of advice, I guess, be for for people looking to do that who are on the creative side of things and, and want to kind of make that journey. What does that look like? Um, I mean, first off, you just have to have good high quality art. Uh, I think there's not enough good high quality art out there. Although the market has pro proven that high quality art doesn't, doesn't have to, um, it doesn't have to be amazing art in order for it to sell. It just has to be marketed properly. I think the marketing hurdle on these things is super massive right now. Uh, a, 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 a a factor that has been a struggle of ours all year long, but uh, we've overcome that many times, uh, but then gone back to square one. So uh, finding the right marketing team and the right marketing channels. I mean, we use Discord, Telegram. I didn't even know what these things were before I got into NFTs. And now they're my everyday source for connecting with fans, releasing information. Um, and and the fan base, the, the people that collect these things, they're super passionate about it. So 
they, they want engagement. They want, there's a lot of our time isn't just about building new content. It's about engaging with the fans and they have a million questions and you have to just, you know, always invest that time uh, every day into that. Um, I'd say I wouldn't have gotten into NFTs if it wasn't for my partner, Rolf Kovalvik. He was collecting NFTs back in 2017. Um, you know, he, he's super involved in the Wax blockchain. He knows all the major players that are are getting involved or that, that are running that, that, that ecosystem. And so it was a, a natural step for us to go into that blockchain. But there's so many more. There's Flow, Ethereum, you know, all these different ones. Uh, so pick the one maybe that you have connections with um you know or it's is easier to dive into um if you don't know anyone just do your research do a lot of reading i mean go to benzinga <laughs> i mean you know all these different places on the internet have tons of resources to get you the information you need um i mean i'll say if you go to drzamzy.com we have an faq and it explains everything on there on how to get a wallet um we're more than happy to share our information. That's one thing we learned is that it's a, a place where everyone's just giving away uh, information. And once everyone su su succeed, it's not this secretive world where everyone's like really protective on how they did it. Um, that's how we got into the game is by asking a lot of questions uh, to our competitors. And uh, they turned out to be friends. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a pretty cool space. In the past, before NFTs, everything's so secretive. Uh, if you wanted to learn about a game in production, it was very secretive. Now everyone's releasing the entire, you know, Bible on how they're making a game in real time while they're making it. <laughs> so it's just so different. It's very transparent. But I think that's, um, you know, the vision for crypto and the vision of the future is, is transparency. And that's yeah. one thing that I don't know if you've noticed this too, Austin. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. But in terms of just crypto in general, um, transparency you know the the very form of blockchain itself but then devs like crypto devs are some of the the nicest people they'll share the whole code block with you to do it like it, yeah. it, it's amazing to see the the crypto devs and then the people who are artists in the nft world it's incredible it's like the best the best people from every industry just come to uh just come to crypto and blockchain yeah i've, I've yet to meet uh, an evil person or someone that was rude or anything i mean everyone's been so nice i think we're all just so excited because it's totally brand new uh you can get really successful um and you know just sharing information i mean i i think if someone had you know dr x and instead of a virus it was something similar and they wanted to do a project you know with a character with a top hat uh i'd be a little reluctant to help them because it's di directly ripping us off <laughs> but uh but that hasn't happened yet and um you know we're just so happy to have everyone get involved in this whole new system so yeah yeah well that's <laughs> i don't know that you'll probably have that because you've got first mover uh first mover advantage there matt so <laughs> you're, you're probably safe but you know if you're listening to this and you're making a dr x just don't come talking to matt <laughs> He's about to crush you. <laughs> I'd still talk to them. I'm just teasing. I'm just kidding. So, so usually what we do at the the end here, Matt, is we kind of give a, somewhat of a of a like a portfolio tip or action action item. Again, we don't give investment advice, obviously, but we we do want to kind of like put some meat on the bones. We talk about a lot of uh, to use a very uh, good term, meta concepts here, um, and and awesome. very you know very abstract stuff. 
So when it comes to what somebody listening to this to this episode, what can they do to, to get involved? It sounds like buying buying an NFT is probably the first place to start, just dipping your toe in. Um, but bef- even before that, how can they get comfortable with NFTs? You know, even with with your project, how do, how does someone just kind of dip their toe in, figure out this this space if they're not familiar? Well, my experience is just directly with Wax. So uh, I would go to, um, again, our website, uh, drzamzi.com, read our FAQ. It explains exactly how to get Wax, how to create a wallet, how to put that Wax in your wallet. And then we have a ton of links on there on how to go to atomichub.com, which is where we publish our NFTs or Nefty Blocks. And it's really simple. Once you have your wallet in place, you go onto these markets, you know, you find the NFT you want and uh, you connect your wallet to the purchase and boom, suddenly it's in your wallet and you have an NFT in there. I mean, it's a little more complicated than that, but that's in a nutshell what what what, what the process is like. And, um, and then, you know, if you get lucky, maybe you collect an NFT that uh, goes up in value for whatever reason. And then you go back onto the secondary market. Uh, and Atomic Hub is really great for that, where you can sell the NFT you bought for maybe a higher price. And then that's where the game changes. You know, you've actually invested in something that's gone up in value and you're you're making a little money. Um, plus, uh, wax is so volatile in a good way. And if you and this goes without saying in terms of just crypto in general, but you always want to, you know, sell on a high and uh, and buy on a low. And um, there, there's, you know, there's a great advantage to that. Um, uh, when, when it seems almost too good to be true in terms of its value, sell it. Yeah, it may go up even another dollar. You know, you missed out. But inevitably, it always comes back down. There's like a massive crash, and then it goes back up again. Um, maybe someday it will never go up. And then that's when an entire system just cr- fails, but I hope not. <laughs> but, um, but as it stands right now, I really do think it's the future. And, uh, and just to answer your question, yeah, it's as easy as just, you know, doing the research. Um, our website's great. Uh, Benzing is another good one, honestly, um, for, you know, uh, learning all these things. Um, and then, you know, there's other ones I can explain, but I'd rather not because I'm on your show. But if you just do your research, you can find tons of information on, on all the blockchains that are out there, the ones that are specifically related to NFTs and, and how to get in. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think the, the education component is is key. It took a lot of, <laughs> for me, I'm a very, very like a cynical kind of old at heart kind of guy. So it took a lot of convincing for me to even buy my first like NFT art piece. Um, and, and it was an interesting experience, but it took a lot of like conversations with, with people reading a lot to like understand the process. And so I think you're right that the education piece is Definitely the first component to start with. I yeah, and there, uh, oh, go oh, ahead. Go, go ahead, Matt. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, there's a lot of scamming out there, and I can see mm-hmm. why people are fearful. You know, I've had friends that gave away their wallet information in a in a way where you know everything they had was stolen. Um, so you really want to vet people that are trying to poke at you. Uh, you know, double check those emails that come into your inbox that are saying the claiming. You know, hey, if you get if you do this, we'll give you this, and then it ends up being you're just wiped out you know um just make sure i mean if if you do the right research that won't happen 
I mean, it's just don't be, uh, be, be really frugal about it. <laughs> you know, just keep your cards tight in terms of your personal information. I think you'll be fine. But uh, people that just kind of think of this as just like a hobby and they're just kind of toying around, they're going to get hurt. You got to take it really seriously. So uh, well, essentially, it's it seems like it's different folks have uh, different ideas and different ability to just jump in. Like for me, it was I was buying stuff on Nifty Gateway last last uh, April and telling Austin all about it and all sorts of stuff and constantly. Uh, and, and he's I got to do the research. I got to read up on this. I got to do this. And then I, um, so it's definitely different, different strokes for different folks, you know, and it's it is a it's an amazing world to be a part of right now like like we've talked about where you know the majority of the world doesn't even use crypto yet and we're getting there i mean it's rapidly increasing um so it just seems like that kind of long run wild world to be in right now uh, you know to your point uh it was it was so bizarre to have uh contractors that were you know paying to do specific things for us on our projects and they're asking to be paid in wax <laughs> or get you know paid in ETH or something like that, and um, it's just crazy because <laughs> you know we have plenty of that. We have cash too, but it's just so much easier to just to send crypto to someone, and uh, you know you don't have to pay for a wire transfer fee or something like that. So um, I'm slowly seeing that, at least in my industry, uh, more artists are accepting crypto as payment. Uh, so it's yeah, it's it's changing fast, and it's here. It's literally right now. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's about all the time we have today for this episode of The Long Run Show. Matt Gazer, thank you so, so much for coming on. Our first, our inaugural guest, and what a <laughs> guest to have on today. Very honored. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Go awesome. check out all he's doing. And from myself and my co-host, Austin Wilson, this has been <laughs> The Long Run Show. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.